0: All right, we're in the middle of a series about gratitude, thus the slide gratitude. And um, I know I messed some of you all up with a line in the middle of the room. Sorry. Uh, I'm thankful you didn't walk out, so I I am thankful about that. And it's a great Sunday to talk about gratitude because I know South Carolina fans are uh, happy that they finally beat somebody good. Uh, So good for you. Good for you. That's great. Uh, Kentucky hasn't beat anybody good, so uh, uh, we're a little envious. That's okay. All right, so here's we're going to start with a little experiment. All right, so everybody on on my left, this side, uh, I want you to greet one another with a a complaint. Okay? Uh, Something like, maybe it's too cold or... um, you don't have a spouse, or you do have a spouse, uh, 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 something's going on. Maybe it's uh, the person that you're greeting, uh, they sort of didn't sing very well, and they messed up your worship, and and you should say something to them. So go ahead Be now. All right, so on the right-hand side, my right, uh, I want you to greet one another with something nice. Say something nice to each other, like you're happy that you're here, the songs were great, you're looking forward to a good sermon, something like that. Go ahead. <clears throat> All right, all right, so those of you uh, grumblers on this side, how many of you feel more alive, more vibrant, closer to God? Anybody? No takers for that? Okay. On the right-hand side, those of you praisers feel more alive, happier? (laughs) It was fake, but I appreciate it. Uh, Okay. So the Bible talks a lot about developing an attitude... Uh, getting into a spirit of thanksgiving. So today we're going to talk about how do we train to be grateful? Because honestly, some people have a disposition that they are just natural complainers. It's kind of how we, where we fall. It's maybe the, the cut of our jib is we sort of have this tendency to find the negative. We, we find the dark cloud in every silver lining, and, and there are people like that, and sometimes I fall into that. I think people just do. And, and some people can see the good in everything. I mean, every bad situation, they still see it good, but there are those of us sort of in the middle, and we need uh, help. And we're gonna talk about the fact that that's kind of something the Bible talks about quite often. In fact, there are texts like this. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and just time out just for a second. If this was natural, God wouldn't have to instruct us to do it. I, I, was, uh, I, I, got, I got up this morning and I read through the message and then I took a, a hot shower. And when is the last time you thanked God for hot water in your house? Because up until, I don't know, 100 years ago, that really just didn't happen. I mean, people for millennia uh, lived without hot water in their houses, Uh, yet we just sort of take it for granted because we have it all the time. I went to my kitchen and I flipped a little switch and the lights came on. When's the last time you thanked God when you flipped the switch that the lights came on? We take so much stuff for granted. And so he says, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And and then really something important. And whatever you do or say, let it be as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. All the while giving thanks through him to God the Father. And, And when it says, let it be as representatives of the Lord, then we should be like the Lord was. And Jesus was eternally... Grateful and we see it over and over in his life and we see it over and over in the instruction to the church Make music from your hearts to the Lord always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the word Everything is super important there. We're to give thanks For everything and so in this message we're going to talk about all right Let's start noticing some stuff for which we can be grateful And and even things like hot water, and electricity, and chairs that hold us up, and food in the refrigerator, because not everybody has that. And even if everybody did have it, we should still be incredibly grateful for it. So, let's talk about why. Um, And I'm going to break into a little Latin today. And, um, and by little, I do mean very little. Uh, the only Latin I know is e pluribus unum, and it's on the penny, and I think it means... I don't know. Uh, so, anyway, uh, we're going to talk about it here. Uh, when we're training for gratitude, we have to understand the three benes. Benes. Uh, so that's a Latin word uh, which means um, uh, g- gift or good, or uh, it means good. All right, so the three benes. The first one is benefits. There are benefits in life, and these are things for which we should be grateful. And in Psalm 103, it says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits. He forgives all your sins, heals all your diseases, redeems your life from the pit, crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things. There are in life benefits. Benefits. And whether we notice them or not, they are all around us, these benefits of ours. For those of us who are Americans, most of us in the room, we have the benefit of living in a free country. And I I see every once in a while reports out of North Korea and and just the oppression there, and out of China, and the oppression there, and if you lived in a Muslim country and you're a believer, and the oppression there. And so we have these benefits. Most often we just simply take them for granted. So to be training in gratitude, I've got to understand number one, I live with great benefits. The second thing is the benefactor. Somebody provides the benefits that I'm enjoying. And so the benefactor uh, in James 1, it says, Every good and perfect gift is from, a, is from above, coming down from the Father. These benefits are from somebody. Now, to, to develop gratitude, I have to understand a couple things. First, I have to understand I have lots of benefits that I'm enjoying. Lots of them. The second thing I have to understand is that they come from someone, they're not just random, and they're not just by accident. There is a benefactor who loves me and gives me good gifts. They give me good gifts. And so, I just had a birthday, it was last Sunday, and uh, folks, there are people who gave me gifts, my daughters, my wife, I've got, had a couple of friends that gave me gifts. And I know that they gave me those because they, they loved me and they appreciated me and they wanted, to, they wanted me to know uh, of, of uh, their affection for me. And when I receive benefits from a benefactor, then I know those were intended for me just for me because there's an appreciation for me. The third thing is this, I am the beneficiary, you are the beneficiary, and it says this in Scripture, from His abundance, speaking of God, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. There are these many things that God has provided for us, and I must believe I am receiving them because the benefactor loves me and wants me to have them. All right, so that's kind of understanding the bennies. I, I get benefits... There is a benefactor, and I'm the beneficiary. That's, we have to kind of understand it. This isn't just random. I don't have good health by, by, by random, because not everybody has good health. God has given you these things. This church, the, your friends, all of this are all these are benefits. They're, they're all good gifts from our Heavenly Father. All right. Second thing about training for gratitude, it requires humility. You have to understand you're not digging this out on your own. So let's say after the service, you are compelled to give me a car. You, you say, Pastor, I've been praying about this, and we know that uh, you want one of those new Broncos. I would take it. I uh, just want you to know, uh, but you say, oh, we, uh, no, we know you, you, we, you need a car, we want to give you a car. Now, I would be super grateful for that. I mean, that would be awesome. However, if you give me a beater that like needs $6,000 worth of repairs and it's only worth $1,000, well, I might not be as appreciative and if I pay for this, and you give me the car, but I've paid for it, well, then I might say thank you, but I will have earned it, and I will have, I'll deserve it. Gratitude toward God understands that what I have isn't earned or deserved. That God gives me these good gifts because of his affection for me. Because here's the truth. The bigger my sense of entitlement the smaller my sense of gratitude. If I feel as if God owes me something, and we, we've all had this experience, we paid for something we didn't get. And so they, they owe us. So just this week, um, we're remodeling a bathroom. Uh, we have purchased online a jetted tub. I say it's for Elise, but it's mostly for me. Uh, I want to get that tub, put it in. It's going to be awesome, jetted tub. It's going to be great. Well, I ordered it, and and I I love technology. Uh, Today, it will say it's supposed to be delivered on, and it was supposed to be delivered on November the 10th. All right, today is November the 20th, right? So one week... On November the 17th, I called them and I said, I said basically, um, tell me where my tub is. Because they're not giving that away. I had to pay for it. I paid for it. They owed me. They owed me a tub. And they said, well, you have to schedule a delivery time. Like, well, that would be really good information to tell a person. You know, it's like that there's nothing on anything that says you've got to schedule the delivery. It's like, okay. Um, let's schedule a delivery. It's coming tomorrow. I'm going to set it up in the... Uh, I'm just going to set it up in the garage and just try it out. You know, I just want to g- give it a go. You know, I don't have to put it in the wall yet. Um, b- but if you owe somebody something, then, then you expect it. Well, what does God owe us? It's super interesting to me. We who live in such prosperity... Sometimes just feel like God owes us. Do you realize, L.A. Times did a study on this, do you realize that the average American home has 300,000 articles of stuff? 300,000 articles of stuff. Just recently, Miriam and I are purging a little bit. We're getting a room ready for uh, her mom to come live with us, and so uh, we're having to get rid of some things. And and it, it is amazing to me how much stuff we collect, I mean we are by no means hoarders, but we have lots of stuff. If you have stuff in a box you haven't looked at for five years, you probably don't need it. just a rule of thumb. It's like why do I why do we have all this stuff? And so we're giving it away. We're selling it on Marketplace. That's a good time. Uh, There's stuff to be done. And so um, we have uh, the average American home 300,000 items. It's just a lot of stuff. It's a lot of things. Wall Street Journal did a survey last year and found that Americans spent last year $1.2 trillion on things they don't need. $1.2 trillion. That is a lot of money. The average 10-year-old has 238 toys in America. They play with about 12 a day. 238 toys. 84% of Americans said... They couldn't go 24 hours without looking at their smartphone. We have things that now have us. Isn't that interesting? And so we we feel entitled. Like, like God owes us. Like, like, like the higher my sense of entitlement, then the less appreciative I am. And this sense of entitlement, we see it, There result, they're consequences. I read about some lawsuits. There are people who feel like uh, uh, somebody owes them something. So there was a dude who sued Anheuser-Busch because he drank a six-pack, but he didn't get uh, girls in bikinis on a beach. There's literally somebody that did that. His suit, by the way, was dismissed. There was a guy who sued Krispy Kreme. I am not making this up. Because he felt as if It was false advertising to say that a uh, a jellyfield, he thought the jellyfield donuts, because they had fruit in them, were health food. (laughs) Yeah, he was from uh, Georgia. Uh, So anyway, um, my favorite maybe, I've got two more. My favorite is, there's a a lady by the name of Judas, uh, I'm sorry, Judith Hames. Uh, I didn't say where she's from. She's a psychic. And so she had a CAT scan and she sued the hospital because the CAT scan made her not be psychic anymore. And she won, by the way. Now, if you're a psychic, couldn't you see that coming? I mean, have you ever thought about that? It's like, all right, well, if you're really good at this, uh, maybe you would have said it. And my favorite story about somebody thinking they owe, they're owed This is one that resonates with me. Do you realize if you go to uh, McDonald's today, you can't get a quarter pounder without cheese? There used to be, back in the day, there was the option. Quarter pounder, no cheese. Quarter pounder with cheese. Nobody wants that. So, when I go today to get a quarter pounder, I have to order mine without cheese. This guy sued McDonald's because he, too, orders his Quarter Pounder without cheese. He's just like, I don't think I would have to pay for the cheese. I'm not getting the cheese. I don't want the cheese. I would like to not get the cheese. He sued McDonald's, I think, for five million dollars. Because he must eat a lot of quarter pounders. Uh, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of 15 cent extra for cheese. Uh, you know, how many of that? That's a lot. Uh, he lost, by the way. But in the, in the framework of life, we start to think we're owed something. I, 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 there, <laughs> there's a, a line my daddy used to say. It's, it's like, you know, you'd say, why me? And he would say, why not you? When bad things happen to you, well, why not you? When good things happen to you, why you? And so we've, we get to feeling entitled and we start to lose the wonder of what God has done for us. Look at what it says in Romans. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him. But their thinking became futile. And whenever we're unthankful, ungrateful, we have futility In scriptural language, ingratitude is often called grumbling. And it can easily get into a person's life, a church's life. So in the New Testament, this dude named Paul started a lot of churches and he wrote a lot of the books of the Bible. And one church he started was in a town called Corinth, which was kind of a wacky town anyway. And he started it and they had a lot of misthinking. And they started to think that they were owed blessings from God. They started to think that God owed them something and so he wrote them this letter to to sort of correct them and he reminded them of what happens back in the Old Testament. We talked about it last week. Back in the Old Testament the Jews were delivered out of Egypt. They had manna. They complained and so Paul is like, you you probably want to stop complaining to God and do not grumble, he said, as some of them did, those Jews back in the Old Testament, and were killed by the destroying angel. Grumbling, at least back in the Old Testament, was met with severe consequences. And are you people on the left, you're a little nervous right now. I mean, uh, as well you should be, yeah. So a quick review. We are the beneficiaries of the benefits given by a benevolent, I'm adding a word, um, by the way, benefactor, it's like "bena" it means good, factor is factory. God is this good factory who produces good things for his people. He is our benefactor. And every Jewish person understood this. And so in their culture, in the Jewish culture, they practiced gratitude. Every day they would pray a couple of prayers, and I'm gonna give them to you. I'm gonna show you what they are. One was called the Shema. And every day, in the morning and in the evening, they would pray this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And they would pray this in the morning and they would pray this at night. And they felt so strongly about this prayer that they would they would write it on a little scroll and they would they would tie it to, like a little headband and it would like dangle right here because they wanted this truth to be close to their minds at all times and they would put it on their do- doorpost so that when they came in and when they exited they would see this and they would think to themselves our God, Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is good. And they wanted to be reminded of this all the time and they would pray it all the time. The other thing that they would pray are called the 18 benedictions. Uh, Benna, there's our word again, good. Uh, Diction means word, like dictionary. And so it's the 18 good words, and they would pray this three times a day. When they got up in the morning, uh, in the afternoon, uh, in the evening, they would pray the benedictions, the 18 benedictions. And they would begin with words like, blessed are you, O Lord, for... And they had 18 of them. I'll give you a couple here. Um, uh, blessed are you, O Lord, our God and the God of our fathers. And then they would say, blessed are you, uh, uh, O Lord, who heals the sick. Blessed are you, O Lord, who gives righteousness and justice. Blessed are you, O Lord, who gives us understanding. And they would, they would go through 18 of these. In fact, it's kind of odd, the 18 benedictions is actually 19, I don't know why they did this, but at the end they would say, blessed are you, O Lord, the one who brings shalom, peace, to Israel. And these were reminders of, of the character of God, and they would pray it all the time. In fact, we see even, the, even the, uh, the Christians. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. They were going to the temple uh, in the afternoon to pray the 18 benedictions. Because the coming of Christ doesn't change the fact that God continues to bless us. And so they would wake up in the morning and they would say, Blessed are you, O God, who hears our prayers. And in the afternoon, they would pray, Blessed are you, O oh God, the gracious, gracious giver of knowledge. And they would pray these things, and they would be reminded daily that they are being blessed by God. Now, uh, Jesus was a rabbi, and they had lots of rabbis. The ones that we know about uh, in uh, the New Testament era are, there's one called Gamaliel, and there's one called Hillel, and one of them was a little more liberal, and one of them was a little more conservative, and there were two of them, and then Jesus was a rabbi, but there were lots of rabbis, and they would look to their rabbis to explain the 18 benedictions, like each rabbi had their own version. And so when Jesus' disciples said, teach us to pray... What they were asking was, teach us the way you pray your 18 benedictions. And so the early church prayed the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is kind of a, a condensed version of the 18 benedictions. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Blessed are you, O Lord. That's exactly what he's saying. Who gives us this day our daily bread who forgives us our trespasses. I mean, this was the benediction. And so the the rabbis would explain, this is how I pray, this is what I pray, this is why I pray it. The 18 benedictions. And so the early church uh, would pray the Lord's Prayer three times a day because that that was what these guys were doing. They were going to pray the 18 benedictions the way they saw Jesus pray it. The 18 benedictions were also called the Amida, which means to stand. You would never pray the 18 benedictions sitting. You would always pray them standing. And the rabbis would talk about this is the posture when you pray the 18 benedictions. And there, I know some of you are compelled to do this right now. Let me give you a warning. The rabbi said never pray the 18 benedictions while riding a donkey. So do not do that. I know some of you are compelled to go out this afternoon and ride a donkey and pray the 18 benedictions. Well, the rabbi said no. Because if you're riding a donkey, you're elevated and you might become proud. <laughs> they were funny about this. So maybe not upstairs either. If you're going to pray, then maybe pray on the, the first floor. And, and they, would, they would pray these Prayers, And that's why the Lord's Prayer, uh, Lord's Prayer we've kind of gotten away from it as Protestants because it becomes kind of a Catholic thing. And, and we forget, we kind of miss the beauty of the Lord's Prayer because we're sort of not wanting to be Catholic. And the early church would pray this, and they would express their gratitude for God all day. Now one more thing, uh, the training in gratitude takes lots and lots of practice. And so the rabbis understood something. Mealtime was the best time for training in gratitude. So there was lots of teaching around how you prayed at, at a mealtime. For us, we sort of, you know, kind of blow through the whole um, praying at mealtime. But um, rabbis, this one of them said, a man must not taste anything until he has blessed it. And so, it's not, you're not so much blessing the food, you're blessing the one who gives the food. The earth is the Lord and everything in it. And so certain rabbis... <laughs> I love these teachings. Certain rabbis said, if you forget to bless your food and you travel, you have to go back to the place where you ate the food, and you have to bless the food there. So imagine that like holiday traveling. You know, you're, you're on your way. All right, so we're going to go to Kentucky to see my mother and my kids. And um, uh, in London, Kentucky, on our trip home, there is one of the greatest... Institutions of fine dining in America. It's called White Castle. Uh, and they are magnificent. Uh, they're, little, they're little bites of heaven, little hamburgers with grilled onions and soggy buns, and they uh, are magnificent. All right, so the way this rabbi, these rabbis taught this, uh, let's say I'm coming back from Kentucky, and I time it just right where I can stop in London and have, you have to have a six-pack, because you can hardly taste them, uh, you have a six-pack of White Castle burgers, and then I forget to thank God for them, which I would never do, because they are great, uh, but, but maybe Miriam forgot, and uh, so we get in the car, and we, we get to Greenville, we're just about to Greenville, and Miriam goes, Oh no. I forgot to thank God for the White Castles. So we would have to get in our car and go back to London, Kentucky, and, and go, and, and like if somebody was in your seat, you'd have to shoo them. I mean, you, like, get out of the way, i got to pray. i got to thank God for the White Castles I had in that booth a few hours ago. This was how seriously they took blessing their food. And they would bless everything, like everything. I had, I had vegetable beef vegetable soup the other day, and I was thinking, gosh, you have to thank God for the tomatoes you know that made the, the broth or whatever that's called, and, and you have to thank God for the corn, and you have to thank God for the beans, and we'd have to thank God for the beef, and the onions, and carrots, and whatever else is in the potatoes. You, you thank God for everything, and we see that even in the life of Jesus. And so if there was a meal... They would bring out the bread, and, and, and whoever was in charge of the meal would, would raise the bread to heaven and thank God for the bread of life that he had given to them. And then they would bring out you know, the carrots, and they would thank God for the carrots. And think about Thanksgiving. You're going to go have a feast somewhere, and whoever prays the blessing now, if, you, if it's you, if you're asked to pray, you have to look around the table and, and thank God for everything. I'm the preacher of our family and so I'm going to be asked to pray the Thanksgiving prayer and I'm going to have to pray for everything now Now that I know. And think about the Lord's Supper. What did Jesus do? He was about to institute communion and it says he took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to them. And then it says he took the wine and he gave thanks and he passed it around. Because this is the way of gratitude. We thank God for everything. In our day, we pray some antiseptic prayer. Oh Lord, bless this food to the nourishment of our bodies. Which, by the way, is quite a prayer when you're praying over <laughs> uh, onion rings, you know, and a, and a milkshake. Like we should actually pray, Lord, would you please change the molecular composition of this food so it doesn't harden my arteries? Or, if it does harden my arteries, I'll see you sooner than later. I mean, that really should be our prayer. Because we're just not even taking it seriously. And Jesus was this devout prayer. And he would pray over everything. It takes lots and lots of practice. The goal is to consistently be thankful. Thankful. 1 Thessalonians is one of my favorite verses, five, uh, 16 and 18. These are from one of my favorite little, uh, little uh, grouping of texts. I like them because they're <laughs> easy to remember. Be joyful always, even I can remember that. Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And they literally had a prayer for everything. They would thank God for a lamp because a lamp provided light in a dark world. And having light when you don't have light, is important. Every time it rained, when you live in an arid country, when it rains, you really are thankful. And they would thank God for every drop of rain. And they would thank God for the seas which provided food for them. And they would thank God for everything. And, and these people who were following a rabbi would want to be very close to him because they wanted to know how to thank God for everything. And rabbis would offer blessings for everything. And so they would pray these prayers. There, there are stories about disciples who follow their rabbi into the bushes when he's going to relieve himself because they want to know, is there a prayer even for that? And there is. There was one rabbi, and he would pray this, Blessed are you, O Lord, who has formed a man in wisdom and created in him many orifices and many cavities. When's the last time you prayed that prayer? But think about it. We, we think we're so sophisticated. Well, if one of those orifices or cavities isn't working properly or overworking, it's quite uncomfortable. We should perhaps be more thankful that things, the plumbing is working properly. And they would pray about everything and they would pray about every person and every time they encountered someone, they understood instinctively, this is someone that God created for whom I should be... Thankful Gratitude is a byproduct of the way we look at life from a spiritual perspective. And so from this wellspring of thanksgiving, we begin to thank God for all things. Thank you, God, that I am taking this breath. Thank you, God, for this body that works. Thank you for this world. Thank you for Jesus. And the text says, give thanks in all circumstances. If we wait for perfect people and perfect circumstances in order to be grateful, how long will we have to wait? (laughs) We will never not be waiting. Things aren't always going to be perfect. The circumstances aren't always going to be perfect. People aren't always going to be perfect. Even people we love aren't always going to be perfect. And if our level, if the standard is, well, it has to be almost perfect for me to be thankful, then we're going to raise the bar so high that we're never grateful. And that's certainly not God's will for our lives. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. There's a way that we can look at things and think to ourselves, okay, I'm not thankful for this, but I can be thankful in this. And I can ask God, show me what you're trying to teach me in the midst of this. I mean, every one of us have had difficult times. And, and we can look back on some difficulty in our lives and we can think to ourselves, okay, well, I didn't enjoy that situation or that circumstance, but I see how God used it to grow me. I mean, we all have difficulty in our lives that, has, that God has used to grow us. That's the giving thanks in all circumstances. I'm not going to thank God for certain things, but I can thank God in certain things. It, it is only right. We are the beneficiaries of a benefactor who gives us so many benefits out of his gracious and kind heart." Now, I'm not going to ask you to begin praying the 18. 18 is a lot, but let's do this. this is, we're going to end with this. Think about, name in your mind, you don't have to name it out loud, think about, name in your mind, five things you're grateful for right now. Just, just think about it for a second. I'm going to just not talk for about 30 seconds. I'm going to time myself. So think about it now. That's 10 seconds. That's all I can do. Okay. Good grief. We just can't live with silence, can we? It's horrible. Uh, Chris, next service, let's play music. I'd like that Jeopardy. Doo, 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 doo. Can we do that? That's double Jeopardy? No, that's final Jeopardy. That's what I'd like. Okay. About two or three years ago, I started every night when I go to bed praying for five things for which I'm really grateful for that day. You get up in the morning, you pray for five things that you're grateful for that day. Lord, I'm, I'm grateful, you know, I have a job, or I'm grateful that I got up. You know, I'm grateful I had a good night's sleep. I'm grateful that even though I didn't have a good night's sleep, not every night's like this. I mean, there there are ways to pray for for goodness, for the good things that God has given us. Lord, I'm you know, I'm, I'm thankful for this house. I'm thankful for a roof that doesn't leak. There are so many things for which we can be grateful. And... On your way home, start to think about it. I mean, we, we tried this a few weeks ago, and I'm going to have to confess to you, I, it's so easy to get out of it before you ever get started with it. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you. So often we want to know what does god want me to do well he does want us that, to do that he wants us to be joyful the bible talks about the joy of the lord is our strength so yesterday we did a funeral i did a funeral uh, we had a funeral for uh, paul isle and we were sad and joyful simultaneously it's such a an interesting dynamic We, we're sad and happy at the same time. We're sad, but we're happy for Him. And we're happy for the memories. And this is what it feels like. This is what it is like to live the Christian life. If all there was was this world... Maybe we should not be as thankful. Maybe we can't be joyful always. But because we know better than that, because we understand better than that, that there is something to come greater than this, then we are thankful for the things God gives us now in anticipation for what he's preparing for us later. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for your life. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your words. Thank you for reminding us today that we are to be people of gratitude. and Help us develop it. Uh, One sermon is probably not going to be enough. We're going to have to practice on our own. Help us to be willing to practice on our own. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for all you do for us. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.